Our first stop on our isolation world tour might surprise you, because we're going to France, where Snap Judgment Stephanie Fu discovers a really good place to get to know yourself. The impossible missions are the only ones which succeed. Jacques Cousteau. Vous m'entendez? Je vous entends. Bonjour, Monsieur Sifre. Can you introduce yourself? I, I am a Frenchman, uh, 73 years old. My name is Michel Sifre. Michel lives in Nice, France. He is a scientist, and his love affair with science began in caves. I began to go in caves at the age of 10. I was fascinated by yes, great exploration. It's why I became a geologist. Michel was a published geologist by the age of 20 and led spelunking expeditions. It's fantastic to go in an unknown place. For me, I was motivated by that. Discover, discover, discover a new gallery, a new pit. This was the early 60s, and it was the age of scientific exploration. The space race was on, the Cold War was in place, and people were building underground bunkers in the event of nuclear war. They were wondering what the effects would be of a man trapped deep under the Earth for an extended period of time. And so, Michel decided he would find out. He'd venture alone, deep into a cave in France, for two whole months. I had the idea, like that, I say, well, I go in the cave and I shall not bring a watch. Then I shall live like an animal. He wanted to see what the human body would be like, without social contact, without a sense of time, just going by its most basic animal needs. And to do that, he would live in complete isolation. The idea was to live following your body. You eat when you are hungry. I shall go to sleep when I will be sleepy. If you want to go in the cave and explore, you go in the cave and explore. If you want to do nothing, you do nothing. Michel had a team far above him at the surface who would monitor him by listening to microphones stuck onto his headgear. And every time Michel went to sleep, woke up, or ate food, he sent a message to his team above the surface. When I make pipi, uh, when I eat, my team at the surface will not the true exact time. The team helped him move his equipment in. An exercise bike, recording equipment, books, a record player. And then, they left. Uh, in one day, I was alone. No, I, I was not uh, really bored. I was so excited, you know. I was thinking, I was writing, and also I had a lot of time for make the psychological, biological test. Michel froze all of his urine for future testing and put electrodes all over his body to monitor every waking moment. He even collected his beard shavings to weigh them. This all wasn't easy. It was freezing cold in the cave, and Michelle's body temperature dropped to 93 degrees. Giant chunks of ice sometimes rained down around his tent. But even though he was stuck alone in a cave and tethered to a recording cable where he could not walk more than 10 meters in any direction, Michelle found that his complete solitude was complete freedom. Freedom is complete, you know. Ah, it's a fantastic uh, effect, you know. To be freedom, you, you cannot have in life, you know. You have uh, to go to school if you are young. You have uh, to go to work. 
I was beyond time for the first time in the world. Still, he was glad to return to the real world. After two months, he surfaced and a herd of photographers and journalists welcomed him back. Oh, that I remember. When I was out, the sensation of air flooding on me, that was fantastic. The light also, the green color of some plants, the clouds, white, the sky, blue. It was a euphoria. It was really extraordinary. Then he talked to his team, and they told him that despite the fact that his body could have operated however it wanted, Michel had kept an incredibly regular schedule. He kept days that were about 24 hours and 30 minutes long. Michel had discovered that humans have internal clocks. I was the first to detect that the human was internal. This was a monumental discovery. The press ate it up and he gained incredible success as a scientist. He got government funding and organized experiment after experiment where he sent others into caves for months. But after a while, people began to criticize him. Why was he forcing others into caves instead of going himself? And so he said, fine, I'll show them. And with the help of NASA, he planned to go down into a Texas cave for six months in isolation. I say, Michel, you must go back. Michel had only been married a year, but now the two would have to go six months without speaking to each other. And that gave us some problem, naturally. But she understood his commitment to science. I say bye-bye to my wife, my team. Help me to go to my camp, close the door, and no light, no sound. Completely soundproof chamber. When we were sure all was working, we cut the line, no contact. Bonne chance, Monsieur Cifre. And again, he was all alone. Things got off to a bad start. First of all, there were these nasty rats down there. So he shot them with his gun. And after a moment, all the rats were dead. Then, after just a couple of days, his record player broke, leaving him with not much to do. When you are alone in confinement, you sing to your wife, you sing to sex, naturally. You cannot not to sing to that. But curiously, when you are in long-term confinement, you don't sing to your parents, to your friends. You live your life, your small life, in your small place. And for a while, that was enough. The two first months were Perfect. No suffering at all. No problem. The problem came after the second month. By this point, the humidity in the cave was making all of his books moldy and wet with the pages sticking together. And then, one day, as he was putting his urine in the freezer... That gave me a shock. An electric shock in the heart. The freezer sent a painful shock through him that hurt his heart. There was an electrical leak. Now, Michel was terrified every time he had to open the freezer. He was so depressed, he stopped recording data altogether. I just keep sleep and uh, eat and uh, making pee-pee, that's all. Eventually, as his depression grew, Michel entered into a full-blown existential crisis and spent whole days pacing back and forth in the cave. I say, why you do that, Michel? Why are you tied by a cable for months in this cave? I lost all my motivation. Uh, then I was broken. I, I live like a prisoner in a jail. It turned out, solitude was not freedom at all. Michel was so lonely that he befriended one of the rats in the cave. I call her M-U-S, Mus. 
I tried to catch it. I did not want to kill her. For three days, he sat carefully holding a can over a piece of food. Then, Mus took the bait and he trapped her as his pet. It was emotional because uh, for me it was a companion. It seems incredible. The day later, she made the sixth baby. But apparently, his new best friend had homicidal tendencies. And the day after, I go and see the mouse. She had eaten four of the baby. It was a bad moment. It was a bad moment because I was so happy to see something moving, you know? The only thing that kept him from losing it completely was his dedication to exploration. Would Cousteau just give up? No. He owed it to science to stay. I say myself, Michel, you must succeed, you know. I could not imagine that the small Frenchman I was lost in the desert of Texas could not uh, succeed. I was sure to succeed. The impossible missions are the only ones which succeed. Finally, his isolation was over. Michel's team on the surface told him that the six months were up. Bewildered, Michel crawled his way toward the sunlight. But when he got to the surface, he didn't notice the color of the sky or the air on his face. In fact, after saying hello to his wife, he went back down into the cave. He needed just a little more time to think. I stay alone during a couple of hours just to think to the six months. I pass in my brain the moment of depression, the best moment, the worst moment. Then Michel said a tender goodbye to Muse. I, I give a freedom to the rat like me. But Michel still wasn't free at all. He was plagued by obligations. He was $100,000 in debt from the cost of the experiment. He didn't even have enough money to analyze the data from the trip. And he didn't have any positive press to help him out. The same day that he surfaced, the Munich massacre took place at the 1972 Olympics. And his story was completely buried in the papers. It was terrible for me. I was completely gone. My experiment completely eclipsed. I was nothing. A few years later, Michel and his wife divorced. He was forced to give up his study of humans and time, and he went back to studying geology. It was very difficult. Life was very difficult. But in the years since then, an entire field of science called chronobiology has sprung up from Michel's discovery. Our understanding of our internal clocks is largely because of his original research. For space research, for submarine, now it's become classic. In his own way, Michel had become that great explorer he'd always dreamed of being. And his thirst for discovery still exists. Michel still goes spelunking now, at the age of 73. He even spent two more months in a cave at the age of 60. C'est la final question, Monsieur Sif. Madame Fou, okay. Will you ever go down and stay six months again? No, no, no. No, it's too much. But you know, who know? The first experiment, I said, never, I shall never do an experiment again, you know. And I've been again in, at uh, 60. Who know? But it's impossible. Which, Cousteau would reply, makes it entirely likely to succeed.
A big thanks to Michelle Sifra for sharing his story. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.